Welcome to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. Every Nation is a Bible-believing, multi-ethnic, non-denominational church hoping to transform the world one life at a time. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey everyone, PA here, Pastor Adam Burt, and thanks so much for tuning in to our Every Nation channel. And I got news for you. God has got a word for you today. God's got a word for you. But before we, we get into the word of God this morning, uh, we need to take a little history lesson. All right. Uh, uh, Louis the 14th, right? Uh, he was the, the king of France. And in, in fact, he was the longest reigning monarch in all of France and indeed in all of Europe. He sat on the throne of France, get this, for 72 years. Uh, he took the throne at the age of four. Can you imagine that? A four-year-old sitting on the throne. Uh, but I would say this, man, uh, right now I feel like a four-year-old could do better uh, ruling and governing than, than our, our current politicians. But uh, that's neither here nor there, okay? And, and so, uh, so Louis XIV... He was an incredibly like arrogant and pompous man. Like to refer to, to refer to yourself as Louis the Great or the Great Sun King, right? You got to be a little bit full of yourself, right? And he definitely was. But he also was a king who just got stuff done, man. And just through brute force, man, this guy consolidated France and just she arose to be a world power preeminent uh, in its day. And so uh, so that was Louis the 14th. And and then at the age of 76, he died and he was very specific about his funeral arrangements. And so uh, it was in a specific cathedral with the lighting dimmed way down low. Uh, he was buried in a golden casket and sitting above this casket was a was a giant candle so the candle would reflect off of the gold on the casket out onto the people to display his glory and um, uh, during the funeral proceedings uh, the bishop of clement he stepped up to the podium he licked his two fingers and he snuffed out the flame on the candle and he says this only God is great. And that's a, a great uh, jumping off point because that's going to get us uh, to the letter G in our series. We've just called the ABCs of faith. And today G is for God because only God is great. And listen, I, I have an impossible task uh, here today. So uh, the, the scriptures are pretty clear that you and I are going to spend all of eternity discovering the beauty, the majesty, the glory uh, of uh, the uh, one and only God, right? And, and I get to try and do it, uh, explain God in 30 minutes, okay? Uh, not a fair task, but I'm going to do my best. Uh, we have a ton to cover, so you need to listen fast uh, today, okay? And so here's a point number one. As we, we examine the letter G, God. Point number one is this. God is transcendent. God is transcendent. And here's what that means, that, that God is massive. Like he's far behind our, our small minds, uh, our comprehension. That he's, he's above and beyond anything we can ever think of uh, or imagine. Uh, I love what uh, uh, Evelyn Underhill, she said this. She said, a God small enough to be understood is not big enough to be worshipped. 
Man, the prophet Jeremiah, he would say it like this in Jeremiah 23, in verse 24. Can a man hide himself in secret so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. Uh, King Solomon, upon building the temple where, where the, the manifest presence of God would dwell, he had this revelation. He says, but will in God d- indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you, how much less this house that I have built. And so, like, here's my hope when we talk about the transcendence of God, that that when you're confronted with the enormity, the massive majesty of who God is, then in that glorious light, man, I pray that your troubles, your cares, your concerns would begin to melt away under the heat uh, of the enormity and the glory of Almighty God. And so uh, there's a uh, actually a psychologist by the name of uh, Jonathan Haidt, uh, and yeah, he's written some pieces in the New York Post. And but he he mentioned this as he was looking at like the mental health uh, uh, health crisis amongst uh, our youth, and like how there's just man care, anxiety, stress, uh, suicidal ideologies. Man, they're they're all skyrocketing, uh, rocketing amongst the youth. And, and Haidt he said this. He had this revelation. He says, uh, what our kids need uh, is they need to be awed, like like to, to see something awestruck and wonderful. It's like he says, uh, man, that, that children, that, that kids, man, they become the center of their universe. In other words, they become God in their life. And listen, it's a crushing weight to live under. But when you see something so magnificent, so much bigger than yourself, uh, you, you feel small and you realize, hey, I'm not God. And I don't have to be God. And the weight of the world is lifted off of your shoulders. And do you know that that astronauts, when when they uh, take off and they they go into space and. If when the, for the first time when they're able to see planet Earth uh, from afar, uh, they, they all, something shifts on the inside of them. They just call it the overview effect. And what happens when you look back at, at how tiny and fragile our beautiful planet is, and then when you're able to see the continents with, with no, no borders and barriers, and, uh, and you, you come to this realization that all the ridiculous frivolous things that we fight and divide over. They seem so small uh, when you look at the overview effect uh, of earth. And he says, there's this thing that unites all of us, that, that we're all residents of this planet and we desperately need to help one another. And so, uh, so this, this next section, uh, I'm totally ripping this off from uh, Pastor Louis Giglio. And here's because I, I want you to feel something. Uh, I want you to feel how huge God is and how tiny we are. And yet I want you to feel comforted in that. And so uh, Psalm 19, verse 1, uh, it's the psalmist says, The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. And so there should be an image coming up on your screen now, and uh, I, I want to show you. This is the Whirlpool Galaxy. Catch this. It's 31 million light years away. If I can help you, if you remember, light travels at 186,000 miles per second. And if you multiply that times 31 million, million, let me give you the math, it turns out to be 5.88 trillion miles away. That's how far away the Milky Way galaxy is. But but through the, man, the miracle and the science behind the Hubble telescope, we're able to see things uh, for the first time ever. And get this, 
as scientists, NASA, looked through the Hubble telescope and, and they brought back images from a black hole in the Whirlpool galaxy. And can I show you what image appeared in this black hole? Let's put it up there. Man, it's the cross. It's the cross. It's as if the Creator God, some 5.88 trillion miles away, was letting you know, I'm still here. I'm still building the cosmos, right? And uh, you know, there's a, a man, uh, Johann Sebastian Bach, at the at the end of all of his beautiful compositions, he would just write this: SDG. It means sola, sola Deo, Deo Gloria to God be the glory. And I can't help but think when we look into that black hole and see the image of the cross, this is God letting us know to God be the glory. Uh, let me read to you Psalm 147 and verse 4. It says this, that he determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. And so, so we're in the Milky Way galaxy. There's some 202 to 250 billion stars. And the reality is that God has given them all names. Listen, um, I, I only have two kids uh, in my family, and I get their names mixed up all the time, okay? And so, but not God. Like, God remembers and knows all their names. And I just want to look at three stars uh, in our galaxy. Uh, the first one is, man, the sun. I want to just show you this image uh, of the sun. And man, the sun is massive. And I don't know you, if you know this, man, but the sun, you could put uh, almost a million Earths uh, inside of the sun. And so uh, if, if the Earth, if it were a golf ball, right? If the Earth were a golf ball, that you could put some 960,000 golf balls uh, into that sun. And, and listen, somewhere on this little golf ball, you, you would be a little speck somewhere on here, and, and yet a million of these can fit uh, into the sun. Uh, let me show you another another sun. Uh, this is Beetle Guys, or some some people refer to it as Beetlejuice. I'm going to refer to it as Beetlejuice. And get this, man. Beetlejuice is 427 light years away. So remember, that's 427 times 5.8 trillion miles, okay? I don't know what the math is on that, but it's far, okay? It's far away. And get this, so you could, you could put 100 trillion Earths into Beetlejuice, okay? Uh, for the record, you could fit 446,000 suns into this other star called Betelgeuse. This thing is massive. And so remember, 600 trillion of these, planet Earths, and you're somewhere on there amongst the 600 trillion, right? Um, uh, and then here will be the third star we'll look at. It, it's Musifi. Musifi is the, the star's name. And, and here's a, Musifi, I believe it's the third largest star uh, in our galaxy. And, and so you could fit one billion of our suns into Musifi. And do you know what else? Like for planet Earth, our, our little Earth here, our little golf ball Earth, that you could fit 2.7 quadrillion Earths into Musifi, this enormous, enormous star. And I know a quadrillion doesn't mean anything to you and me, so let me help you out and give you some perspective. So uh, a million seconds 
uh, is 12 days ago, okay? Uh, a billion seconds ago is 31 and a half years ago. Uh, in other words, it's 1992. Uh, a trillion seconds ago, it's 31,688 years ago. But get this, a quadrillion seconds ago, it's 31,688 million years ago, okay? That's a big number. And so, man, this star is enormous and massive. And get this, God simply spoke it into existence. Let there be light, right? And so, man, in the, in the light and the enormity of, of all these galaxies and the cosmos, how big is the God who just spoke it all into being? And now when you see how massive, how transcendent our God is, my prayer is, man, that your, your problems, your cares, your worries and concerns, they would be just begin to shrink and melt away in the enormity of the glory of God. And, and one other thing, you know, man, the fact that, that, that man, that, that God holds the earth in the palm of his hand, and you're a speck on this earth. Now do you understand when the psalmist, when he says this, what is man that you're mindful of him? What is man that you are mindful of? And that'll bring us to number two. Uh, God is not only transcendent, God is imminent. God is imminent. And here's what that means. While he's enormous and all that, he's also near that he's the near God, that, that he's personal, and he's intimately involved with his creation. And so uh, if you remember the prophet Isaiah in 1 Kings chapter 19, or, uh, excuse me, Elijah, and Elijah, he's on the run. He's exhausted, he's depressed, uh, and, and as he's on the run, he actually finds himself uh, on a mountaintop. And on this mountaintop, uh, the scriptures say, man, that these, uh, the winds blew, the earth began to shake, massive fire was exploding around him. But it says God wasn't in uh, the earthquake, the wind, or the fire. And then as Elijah quieted himself, he heard a whisper, the still small voice of God. And do you know this? The only way you can hear a whisper is if you're near to somebody. And God is the near God. He's imminent. He's near to us. Psalm 139, verses 13 to 16. It says this, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet none of them uh, were. And so, uh, like, 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 get this, like God speaks everything. Let there be, let there be, let there be. But humanity, God gets down into the dirt and he forms man, humanity, from the very dust of the earth. Like God is intimately involved in you being you. And, um, and so, um, if, if we can, I don't want to get all, into all the details, but when a man uh, really likes a woman, you know, they get married and you know, they're going to they're gonna make a baby. And so, don't let me draw a diagram or anything. But, uh, but if you remember, do you know that, that when the sperm and the egg meet, that there's this, there's a flash 
of light. And suddenly, uh, man, a, a new life is formed in that moment. Do you know that, remember, you get 23 chromosomes from your mom, 23 chromosomes from your dad that make unique 46 chromosomes that make you up. Do you know that the odds of you being you are one in 100 trillion? Like, man, you are a miracle. And do you know what happens in this cell? That there's this unique genetic code that's made up. It's unique to you and you alone. It's the blueprint to who you're going to be in this one cell. Uh, And what happens? Man, uh, the cell goes to work and starts building out uh, this DNA, this program, this blueprint of who you're going to be. You're starting to be knit together in your mother's womb. Uh, I got an image here. This is uh, uh, 16 cells that appear on day three uh, after conception. And you're actually seeing an image of these 16 cells sitting um, magnified, you know, a billion times uh, on the the tip uh, of a pin. And get this. Do you know that the the human body, fully grown, is made up of some 75 trillion cells? Did you know this, that, that every three seconds that 50,000 cells die and 50,000 new cells uh, are recreated and regenerated. Like like you are busy and at work all the time, way more than you ever imagined. 50,000 new cells, 50,000 new cells, 50,000 new cells. And um, do you know, uh, uh, in doing this talk, like Pastor Louis Giglio, um, he actually ran into a, a, a microbiologist and, and he was he was telling uh, this microbiologist what he was gonna preach upon on the, the cellular level and the miracle of, of God's creation. And, and he says, oh, the, the, the biologist says, be sure and tell them about laminin. And he's like, okay, great. What's laminin? <laughs> he goes, oh, you don't know what laminin is. Let me tell you that, that it's, it's the cell adhesion molecule. It's the, the molecule that holds all the pieces together. It becomes like, so you can build the form and shape of who you're going to become. It's the cell adhesion molecule. It holds all the cells together. And now can I show you a picture of laminin? We throw it up here. It looks an awful lot like the cross of Jesus Christ. And man, when you read this, man, Colossians 1.17 comes to life. And he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together, right? And so... Uh, is we, uh, I, I want to read for you a quote, a quote from uh, Augustine. Uh, he said this, he says, And men go abroad to admire the heights of mountains, the mighty waves of the sea, the broad ties of the rivers, the compass of the op- ocean, and the circuits of the stars, yet pass over the mystery of themselves without a thought. I mean, did you catch what he's saying? Like, we go to see the beauty and the mystery of the mountains and the oceans and all these things, and we're blind to the mystery and the miracle that is you and me. And so what kind of God creates something like you and me? Do you know that our brains, um, that, that we're still haven't completely figured out how, how our brains work? Like, like we're still, uh, man, learning new things uh, every, each and every year that, do you know, uh, how, how about this? You know your salivary glands? That you produce enough saliva over your lifetime to fill up two swimming pools. You're welcome for that little bit of trivia. How about your skin? It's the largest organ 
skin in your body. And did you know this, that every 30 days, your skin regenerates itself. Like you become a new person every 30 days. And I always like to highlight, you know, your eyebrows. Do you know that they, 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 your eyebrows are designed to make sweat uh, go around your eyes? See, it's the work of a benevolent creator who's in the details because he didn't want your eyes to burn because of sweat. And get this, uh, let's talk about the eye, that our eyes are still as stand as the, God's masterpiece in his creation. Like science and biologists, man, they just wonder and marvel uh, at the human eye. Do you know that uh, the human eye, that, that there's, there's, there's over a million neurons that, that release from the optical nerve and they meet up with another million uh, neuron endings uh, in your eye and they have to perfectly connect uh, to one another. And in so doing, when they connect, we have the miracle of sight. And you know, I can't help but think, I don't know if you've ever seen, man, I've had my two baby girls and been in the birthing room. And when, you're, when your baby's born and then the first time when they open up their eyes and they're squinting because of the brightness of the new world they've just entered into. And I promise you this, that man, that you and I, that one day in the new heaven and the new earth, that our eyes are going to be opened to a new world and to a new life. And we're going to be squinting because of the glory of our great God. And um, here's number three. Uh, God is omnipotent. God is omnipotent. And that simply means he's all powerful, right? Let me read to you Luke chapter one, verse 37. This is what the angel Gabriel has to say about the omnipotence of God. He says this, for nothing will be impossible with God. And so just to, uh, to briefly illustrate, man, man, when, when we understand how mighty and powerful our God is, that uh, I'll take you back to December 1941. Uh, Britain was in the thick of World War II. And, and man, the Brits uh, and um, Churchill, they were beside themselves. It, feel, it felt like they were engaged in an unwinnable war. And as the Nazis were just bombing and bombarding them, all seemed hopeless uh, until December 1941. And that was when the Japanese uh, attacked Pearl Harbor. And in, in so doing, man, they provoked uh, the, the United States of America. And now, now the U.S. was hell-bent on joining with the allies to crush the evil access, right? And it says at this moment, when Churchill Hill heard that the Americans were getting on board, I want to read what he says. He says this, we are all in the same boat now. Churchill later wrote in his memoir, no American will think it wrong of me to proclaim that hearing the U.S. was on our side was the greatest joy to me. England would live. Britain would live. The rest of the war would simply be about proper allocating of, get this, overwhelming force. I went to bed that night and slept the sleep of the saved and the thankful. And I, I love those words, that with the, with the joining together of an overwhelming force, and I got news for you, when you became a Christian, you aligned your life with the overwhelming force of the universe. And I'll echo the words of the Apostle Paul, who says this, if God before you, who can be against you? And that is the omnipotence uh, of God. Number four is this, that God is omniscient. God is omniscient. That means he is all-knowing. He knows everything about everything. 
uh, Romans chapter 11, verse 33. This is again is the Apostle Paul writing. He's one of the most brilliant minds the world has ever known. But here's what he says as he marvels at God. Romans 11:33. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. And so here's what I want to let you know. Like God knows everything about everything. Like there's never been a moment when God's like, hey, wait a minute, let me Google it and see if I can figure out what this is. He's never done that. Uh, Genesis 1 doesn't doesn't read, in the beginning, God uh, searched YouTube how to create uh, the earth, right? He didn't do that, right? God sees all and he knows all. And get this, he knows you, everything about you. Your thoughts, your fears, your anxieties. He knows your hopes and your dreams. He is intimately uh, acquainted with everything about you. Do you know that that our God, he's never stumped or stuck. Like God is not in the heavens wringing his hands over, oh, what am I going to do about this war in the Middle East? Or man, what about AI? What could happen here? Holy Spirit, let's get together on this. He's never worried because he is called the author and the finisher of all things. He's writing the story from the beginning to the ending. He's omniscient and knows it all. And number five, uh, God is omnipresent. God is omnipresent. That means that God is everywhere always. Like, get your mind around that. Uh, Psalm 139, verses 7 to 10, says this, Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in shale, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uppermost, uh, uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. And so, we see here, man, that, that God is omnipresent. He's everywhere at once. So I, I can remember, man, one of the greatest trips of my life was I had the privilege to go to Israel, uh, to the Holy Land. And I, re- I remember, like, I got to do some amazing things. Like, I got to baptize people in the Jordan River, that uh, I got to take communion uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, that I went to Golgotha and I got to see, uh, man, the place of the skull, Calvary, where Jesus uh, was crucified. And as amazing as, as all that stuff was to experience, here's the greatest revelation I got from that trip. And here's what it is, is, you know, I didn't feel any closer to God in Jerusalem than I do in my living room or in my car. See, because here is the promise from God. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. I mean, God is omnipresent. He's with us always and everywhere. And listen, if you, if you uh, know anything about your Bible, you, you'll know that the central promise of the scriptures is not, I will forgive you. But, but the most frequent promise from God is this, I will be with you. It's the omnipresence of Almighty God. And here's number six, and and we'll close with this. God is Trinity. God is Trinity. He's a tri-unity. Three who's, one what, right? And so, uh, so here's what here's why this is so essential for you and I, that that at the center of the universe, the the creator of all things is a Trinity, uh, a family, a Father, Son, and a Spirit. And I would submit to you, that's why as image bearers of God, we're hardwired and long to be in family and in community. 
In fact, it's why we continually stress here at Every Nation New Jersey that we're not just a church doing some Sunday thing, but we're a spiritual family, right? We have non-disposable relationships. Uh, We are brothers and sisters, and God is our Father. And so uh, because God is Trinity, do you know this is what makes love possible? Like we all would agree that God is love, but the only way God could be a God of love, he needs that love to terminate on something, and it has on himself. God the Father, loving God the Son, loving God the Spirit. In fact, uh, there's a name for the Trinitarian kind of love. We, we talk about it often. It's the word perichoresis. Uh, the Trinitarian love, it means to celebrate or dance around the other. And it, it actually brought me back to a, a friend's daughter's wedding that we went to a number of years back. Uh, it was in Mystic, Connecticut, right? And so well, we did the, this outdoor wedding, and it, it was a beautiful setting. And then we went in for the reception. And to be honest with you, the reception was going a little bit slow, like the DJ was a little bit, you know, wah-wah, and, and so it was kind of dragging, but, now I don't know if it was the wine kicked in or the DJ upped his game, but people started assembling on the dance floor. And, and just to shoot you straight, man, I was cutting a rug that night, all right, getting after it, and so dancing around, and as the evening progressed, it, it came to the last song. And as we, we took uh, to the dance floor, uh, he, they, they began to play uh, the piano man. And here's what, as we we're out dancing to the piano man, this, this organic thing started to happen where, where all the, 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 the bride party surrounded around the bride and the groom. And, and we're in this, and the, the circle forms around the bride and the groom. And, and I remember grasping hands with, I don't even know who this person was on my right or who on my left. And we start swinging back and forth as the piano man's playing. And I, I look at the individual, I'm like, oh my gosh, we're having a moment. We're having a moment, right? And so it was this epic uh, dance until it crescendoed, and we all just went in and hugged the bride and the groom, and, and that is the staggering offering of God, that God invites us into the dance. God in, invites us uh, into an eternal, rich, everlasting relationship with God the Father God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for who you are. Lord, I pray, God, that that men and women would hear my prayer, that their eyes would be open, Lord, to your, your majesty, your glory, your splendor, and in the light of who you are, God, I pray our cares, our worries, and concerns would melt away. And Father, I want to pray for those uh, that, that don't know you. And listen, uh, as we're in the ABC series, uh, ABC series, do you know that salvation is as simple as A, B, C? A, we, just, we admit that we're sinners in need of a Savior. B, you need to believe that Jesus died uh, and was buried and raised again on the third day to, in payment for your sin. And then C, you just need to confess with your mouth, Jesus is your Lord and your Savior. And so, Lord, I I pray for everyone, Lord, that that has the courage or or the calling, Lord, to to, uh, receive this prayer and to receive you as their Savior and their Lord. Admit, believe, and confess. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, listen, uh, every nation. 
The sermon's over with. We're not quite done. I want to remind you that you can be faithful in your tithing and your giving. Uh, there's three ways uh, that you can give digitally. Uh, you can go to our website, encnj.org, and just hit the giving icon. Uh, or you can give via text. My family and I, we give this way. It's incredibly uh, simple. Uh, if you just text the letters ENCNJ to the number 77977, uh, or you can mail in your check or money order right here to our church offices at 101 Gibraltar Drive right here in Morris Plains, New Jersey. And may God richly and abundantly bless you as you honor him in the tithe and the offering. Every nation, Jesus loves you. And I think you're pretty amazing too. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Every Nation, New Jersey podcast. For more information on our church, or if you'd like to give a financial gift, just go to our website, emcnj.org.